Yo, 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 yo. Welcome to episode number 59 of the Basketball Card Podcast. I'm your host, Adam. You can reach me at the real 27 guy on Instagram. Uh, DM me there, or you can email me at uh, basketballcardfanatic at gmail.com. Also follow our new Instagram account, which is called Basketball Card Fanatic. Uh, again, welcome. It's been such a long time since I've done this episode. And honestly, that's one of the reasons why I'm doing it right now. I've had, um, I'm not going to claim it's a big number, but I've had, I don't know, maybe five or ten people reach out over the course of the last couple weeks and say, hey, are you done doing your podcast? I miss it. And uh, as any content creator will tell you, there's nothing that you can do to to let let the creator know that you appreciate them than letting them know, know that you're sad when they're not there. So I want to thank you guys um, for, for that. Those of you who reached out to me and uh, those of you who download the podcast every time we do it, you know, we don't have a huge reach. We get on average about 1,200 people who listen to each ish, uh, to each episode. And I'm just really grateful for that. It's, uh, um, you know, I've, I've told you guys before, we were the first basketball card podcast and now there's dozens. And so I uh, want to thank you for your support. Every time you share it and every time you like it or, um, you know, let people know about it, I, I really am glad about that. Today's episode is going to be called The Man in the Arena, which refers to a famous quote that we'll talk about here in a little bit. But um, I want to first thank, uh, I want to thank Brian um, from uh, the Instagram handle gr8t143, the great gr8t143. Uh, he and I did a live last week on some topics in the hobby that are pretty raw right now. Um, the Instagram handle card porn did a story on um, some Michael Jordan rookie cards and the um, what he believed was some some manipulation of those cards. And Brian owns one of those cards, a PSA 10. And he had a lot of thoughts and I had a lot of thoughts. And what's great about somebody like Brian is he's somebody who can deal in nuance. All right? He can talk about things not just in a black and white way. It feels sometimes in the hobby or like just in our world in general that that um, that people talk about things really in black and whites where they rarely are. Usually there's some gray. And, um, you know, I think that, that Brian and I had a really good conversation on that. You can find that, find that on my Instagram. Um, it's just a, a live that we did from last week. So go find that. Check it out. It's about 15 minutes long and a lot of people have really liked it. Uh, again, I want to thank those of you who have reached out to say that they've missed the podcast. Um, it has been an incredibly busy few months for my family. It's my busy season, as a lot of you know, and um, that that is always a hard hard time, but especially this busy season, there's just been so much stuff going on. You add that to the fact that we are planning for our fourth kid. We're having our fourth kiddo here in the next little bit. And uh, and so you've got to get the house ready and all the things that come come along with having, with having a, a child. Uh, I've said it a million times and I'll say it a million more. There's nothing better than being a dad, um, but it comes with a lot of a lot of effort and, and time. Um, and so that that stuff obviously matters literally um, uh, infinitely more than anything that we're doing with cards here. So. Um, you know, having the three kids and the fourth on the way and a, a wife who's who's handling so many things in the process has been a lot. Um, 
So you add all those things together and then somehow combine it with the fact that I'm an idiot who's trying to grow a magazine. And all of those things combined equal uh, me this last few months. So thanks for being really patient with me as I haven't done one of these podcasts for a while. Uh, today, what I'd like to do first is we're going to do a few things. But the first thing that I want to talk about quick, quickly, because we never did an episode on it, was we never actually covered issue seven of the magazine. And issue seven is the one with the Jordan Fleer rookie on the on the cover. Um, it's the one that has the the second big interview with Nat Turner. Um, can I just say how cool it is that I've been able to interview some of the people that I've been able to interview for the, for the magazine, like. I am so grateful to Nat that he would be willing to give me literally an hour and l- let me ask him anything that I wanted to, and he answered it. He answered every question that I asked him. He didn't say, uh, you know what, I, I don't want to answer that for the magazine. He answered every single question that I asked him, and his answers were fantastic. Um, you know, I got to ask him what it was like leaving Flatiron or what it was going to be like leaving Flatiron because at that point he hadn't left uh, hadn't left there. I got to ask him why the PSA or Collector's Universe opportunity was appealing and he gave me a very long uh, detailed answer on that. I asked him, you know, how long the diligence process took and and then I asked him some really hard questions, right? I asked him, you know, things about PSA that aren't ideal or that have been complaints of mine or or people in the hobby. I asked him about upcharges, for example, and I asked him about some of the things that I think BGS does well that PSA could do better. Um, I asked him what his favorite card is and who he would choose between Jordan, uh, Kobe, and LeBron. Uh, I asked him what he thought about the 1986 Fleer Michael Jordan, and he answered all of these questions, guys. He was fantastic. So if you haven't gotten issue seven yet, go get issue seven. Um, it is available electronically or digitally. It's 10 bucks or three for, for $25. Go grab that, that interview. I'm gonna go quickly through the other, the other things that we, that we talked about in that issue before we, before we cover some other things today. Um, the next article is actually by me. It's called To Peel or Not To Peel. And in that article, I dive into the values that drive the decisions around whether you should peel or whether people peel or, or don't peel their top's finest cards from the mid-90s. Most of you know this who listen to this podcast, but cards from the mid-90s from top's finest almost all had a film that had words on it like peel and remove coding. And there's been this really like long-lasting debate over whether these cards ought to be peeled or not. And people are very um, split on this conversation. The intent of this article is not to sway people. The intent of the article is to discuss what values people have that drive them to either be pro-peel or team no-peel. Um, and and really, my objective was to say, here are the, here are the thoughts that I have about what, what I see people value and then you determine what matters to you. I am very strong one way, but at the risk of swaying the 1,200 or so people who will listen to this, I'm not going to, to say that on here. Um, what I will say is go listen to that magazine, or go read the magazine and, and figure out what you care about most. Um, the next article is called Sneaky Rare, and it's by 
um, a guy who's written for the magazine before. His his new Instagram handle is Wild Card Journey. His old handle used to be Mike Cabongo, um, and he writes about cards that are in the hobby that are maybe rarer than you think, and um, and and how you can sort of back into um, the the print run of some cards that maybe you don't think of having a specific print run. I really love this article. He hit on a couple of sets that I really love. So, um, and I, I think I think that how he thinks about it's cool because it it helps you to be somebody to collect something that's really cool and really rare on a budget. And I think especially in 2021, we all kind of have a need for that. The next article is written by Nice Looking Cardboard, and it's called Dark City. I love the design of this article. Of this article, Kevin did a fantastic job. Black Griffin Cards, that is, did a, did a fantastic job on the way that this is designed. It's done with an all black background and has a couple of really cool black and white images in it. Um, the article is about um, is mostly about Noir, the Panini product that re- released originally in 2014 about its history and things that have been well received and things that have been poorly received since it came out and then some of the ways that they've changed the um, they've changed the product to make it even better today he ends up talking a little bit about the kobe eminence product as well Um, but the one of the things that i love about about this article that i think that matt did did especially well um, that's that's nice looking cardboard um, he he reached out to multiple people who work at Panini, who you may or may not have heard of, um, people who are part of the creative process. So that was David Tierney, the creative director, and John Mata, the art director. And he got a number of quotes from them on what they were going for when they created these sets. He also talks about Flawless and talks about a couple of the other high-end sets that have um, that have been popular over the course of the last six or seven years. Um, this article left me. I love it when 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 we have when we have articles in the magazine that leave me wanting to go find something that I want to buy. Um, this did that in a really good way because it didn't give me something specific that I wanted to go find, but it did point me in a couple of directions that I actually like sort of looked at differently. As an example, I actually purchased a card yesterday as a result, maybe partly uh, because of this article, and that was a, um, a signature spotlights of Carl Malone that was on eBay. Um, I, you know, as I, as I looked through this article and as I thought about you know, how I want my collection to change um, based on it, uh, that, that Carl Malone kind of came to my mind. And I, know, I, don't, I hope that not every one of these articles that we do really changes how people think about what they want to buy, but more educates them. But in this case, uh, Matt's article did lead me to actually want to go buy something. So great, great job to Matt on that. The next piece was by the underscore hardwood underscore, sorry, the underscore hardwood underscore hype. It's called Lost in the Shuffle. And he writes about uh, three athletes and their cards um, in a, in a, short piece that highlights Elgin Baylor, Allen Iverson, and Earl Monroe, and specific cards of theirs that are interesting. And you know, it's, it's like, the, like the title says, Lost in the Shuffle. These are guys who um, had amazing careers, but maybe because they didn't have um, championship fame or they didn't have um, 
you know, maybe they didn't have the most fans. Sometimes they get lost amongst the, the bigger names in the hobby, and you can find some really cool deals on them. So um, I think, you know, I think that this one, this, this article uh, by Emil was done very well, and um, there's actually a second part to it that's coming out in issue eight. So, so check that out. The next piece was called Grading the Graders, and it's by my, my buddy on the MJ group, uh, Stan. I think most of you probably know Stan. Uh, his Instagram handle is S-T-A-C-I-K-1313. Uh, he, um, he had a card that he purchased in an SGC slab that he then graded in a BGS, uh, by BGS, and then in the end, uh, finally lives in a PSA holder. What's kind of cool about this is that um, you, you rarely get to see a card that has, has existed um, being graded by all three companies. And, uh, and that's what he did here. He, he, you, get, you get to see it progress from one grade to the next to the next. And you get to hear from him why he regraded it, what he thinks about it, how he, how he opened the, the, the cases, which cases are particularly scary to open or to crack open. Um, but the main thing that I wanted to get across here was the consistency or maybe the lack of consistency uh, between, the, between the slabs. I'll let you read the article to see what you think about whether it was consistent or inconsistent. Um, would love to ha hear any thoughts uh, about, about that article, though, if you have any feedback. The final article, it, it was a piece by Black Griffin Cards. And as usual, this, in my opinion, is one of the highlights of the magazine. He talks about something that probably, you know, very few, if any, of, of the people who are listening to this podcast have heard, heard about before, which is a, an auction that took place in the early 1970s that really set the stage for all, um, for, for, for the world of art changing in how people viewed it. Um, you know, artwork had a certain value or a certain cap on it through that time. And that one auction really changed how people thought about about values, and uh, and the the way that the way that Black Griffin Cards compares those two worlds, the world of the sports card market of today, and the world of these auctions that that, that closed in the art world back in 1973, is you know super interesting. Um, Kevin and I have Kevin and I have talked about like one of ones and how they're like artwork many times um his perspective is is uh is great and his piece is always well thought out really smart and really informative so um you know as I've, i always say his his piece is usually my favorite part of, of each issue uh and this this was this one was no different so Guys, go go check out issue seven. It was it was so good, and um, I hope I hope that you guys really like it. Um, after we put it out, we uh, we tested something, and that is we tested printing copies of the magazine. That's right. In twenty twenty one, we are testing the print magazine medium. Um, I say that slowly for effect because um, I think most people probably think that's a crazy idea. Most people probably thought it was crazy trying a digital magazine in the first place too. But um, look, we feel like, I'll speak for myself, I feel like there's a massive piece missing 
in our in our hobby right now. You know, there's there's Instagram is great and podcasts are great. Of course I like podcasts, right? Like I said, I was the first person to do a basketball podcast, a basketball card podcast. But we're missing what Beckett used to give us in the mid-90s. We're missing a super smart, um, well-written, very informative basketball card magazine that can help uh, that can help give voice to people who are doing big things, that can help give voice to issues and things that are happening in the market, that can tell us, you know, at a glance how uh, pricing is changing, not on specific cards, but as but it, but as a whole of a market. Um, we're missing, you know, we're missing that that thing in a in a magazine, and um, and I felt like it was really important that we that we try to create something that uh, that could replace, you know, what isn't what doesn't exist out there right now. So over the course of this last seven months, we've tried to build something that's really special. Um, and last month we tested a printer. Print is hard. Anybody who's worked in print before will tell you printing is hard. Getting it done right is really hard. And we've learned a lot in this process. Um, the, the first issue, we printed a total of 12 copies. <laughs> we sent, we sent uh, three out to, to the people who work on the magazine. That's Black Griffin Cards, um, a friend of mine who is, um, who is uh, new to helping us on the magazine but helps us with a number of things, and, and me. So we sent one to each of, each of ourselves internally so we could give feedback on it, and then we sent out nine copies to friends of the magazine, people who, have, uh, who live in the United States who have contributed or who have helped in some way that was meaningful to us, just to say thank you. Um, the feedback from those people and from the three of us has all been really good. It's not perfect, and there's some things about it that we wish could be a little bit different, but, um, but the question really is, you know, can we make the math work? Can we print the magazine for the people who want it and um, help the magazine to grow by printing it? Or do we just say, no, we're not going to do that? Well, the feedback from the people who have been subscribing to the magazine um, has been pretty strong that they would like a printed copy of it. They'd like a printed copy to come to them in the mail each month, just the way that Beckett did back when they were, you know, back when they were kids. And so we wanted to be able to replicate that and create something for them that would be really awesome. Um, the question is, again, whether the math works, because if you're printing, um, to get into the weeds a little bit here, if you're printing a small number of magazines, it's hard to make it so that it's, that it's cost effective. And we don't want to charge anyone uh, a number that's that's really high. In fact, we don't actually we're not we don't really have an interest in making money on the printed form of the magazine at this point. So you know we charge the ten bucks or three three issues for twenty five dollars for anyone who wants the digital copy. And basically, what we want to do is take that amount and then add onto it what it costs to print and charge that. So we're not you know so we're not making anything more. So for people who already you know, we're subscribed to the magazine. We asked if you want to to get the printed copy going forward. We asked the 
We ask you to pay the price that it basically costs us to distribute it to you, to print it and to distribute it to you. And, um, you know, we'd love to do it for even less than that, but but we're definitely going to be losing money on the printing of copies until it gets to a certain point where where enough people are ordering it that it that it um, that ends up being worthwhile. And the time may actually come if we can really get if we can get a lot of people to print it, where we actually won't even have to charge for the print. Um, we we could just send it to you uh, again if you live in the United States um, for the same cost that we had it at before. But but it's just guys, it's really expensive to 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 send things out when it's when there's very few. And so um, in the meantime, before we get to that point, we've rolled out. Um, the ability for everyone to subscribe to the magazine as long as they have a United States mailing address. If you don't, there's still probably some options to get it to you. Um, but that's that's the first point is is if you want the magazine, if you want the print copy, um, you know we we want to get it to you if you're especially if you're in the United States and. Um, you know, to, to do that, um, we're asking for $4.85 on top of the original subscription or um, $35 total for, for three issues for, for everything. So if, if, you, if you're new to the magazine and you just you want it for the first time, um, again, you can go to um, paypal.me slash basketball card and pay 35 bucks and make sure your address is there and then you will get you know, the next three printed copies of the magazine. If you want it for a year, you can do 130 bucks for the whole year and, and we'll get you down. And, and just want to say to that, you know, how do I say this? This is, this is probably where the, the quote comes in, right? Um, the quote that, that, that this uh, episode will go by is a famous quote called The Man in the Arena which um, I believe is attributed to Teddy Roosevelt. He says, and I'll read it to you guys because I love it. It's, um, it's definitely a quote that I think a lot of people love. He says, it is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, because there is no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in the worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. Um, to me, this is a saying, this is a quote that we should live our whole lives by. You know, it's it's applicable to, I think it should be applicable to how we collect cards. I think it should be applicable to how we go to work each day. I think it should be applicable to how we, you know, run our families and and work and um, and in this case, how we run our magazine. Right? We um, we're trying to do something that is pretty crazy, and I make light of of, of it, and and I'm self-deprecating, probably more probably to a fault. But guys, it's hard. 
it's really hard to do what we're doing right now. And, um, and we are daring greatly. And we're, we're out to do something that's pretty special and make something that's really neat and, and meaningful to, to a community that, that pretty desperately needs it. There is a lot of content and um, there is a lot of, uh, a lot of opportunities out there to participate in, in content. There isn't a lot of what, what we're doing with this magazine though, which is to um, help the collectors remember that this is about collecting um, it's it's about um, it's about making each of the readers a happier, smarter, more long-term perspective collector. It's about creating a real um, health to the hobby, not just um, you know not just trying to um, you know get your money or whatever. It, but it's it's about trying to create a better place. And yes, it does cost something. And, um, you know, it's not as easy as just turning on another podcast, but, but it does something that I think is, is more valuable than, than what those other mediums are providing right now. And I say that as I'm recording a podcast. So those are my thoughts on it. That's what we're doing. We are daring greatly and, and we are, you know, we're trying to create something that that's meaningful. Russell Westbrook, uh, said something last night in regards to a Stephen A. Smith quote, that um, that got me thinking along these lines, and really is the reason why I'm recording this podcast today. You know, there's so many people who can stand back and sort of watch you, and you know, mock you or question you or wonder why you're doing what you're doing. But at the end of your life, you have to be able to answer and say, "I just did what I thought was the best," and I want to to live kind of in the spirit of what, what what Russ talked about today. His quote's longer. I won't read that whole, t- whole thing to you because it's like a two and a half minute quote. Um, but guys, like, like, who cares about the peanut gallery? Like, who cares about the people who are going to, like, laugh at you for, you know, for, for, for daring greatly and for erring? Like, go do something big. You know, create something that's worth creating, like build something and have faith in yourself that you can do it and you'll learn a lot in the process. You know, and this is this goes back to also like collect what you like, do your thing. Don't just do what other people say, but do your thing. Um, I promise you that as you do that, that's where the reward is and where you build your thing. Like that's where the reward is. Don't be a follower, be a leader. Um and all of us, all of us can do that. All of us can do that. I um, I cannot believe that we've been able to interview Nat Turner twice, Lior, Andy Spellman, right? Like, and all the other guys that we did that we that we've interviewed. The newest one that, that's coming out is amazing, right? It's so good. And um, and I I'm inviting you now to to participate to be part of the magazine. Um, I'm inviting you to subscribe either digitally or um, to the printed copy. Um, if you get the printed copy, by the way, you get the digital one as well. It literally is like an extra four bucks or an extra ten bucks for three months. We've kept the cost at a negative to us because we just want for people to get to get the hard copy. So, you know, if you have questions, please ask me. Um, I wish I could. I wish I could offer you know a, a better price. But at this point, it's this is this is basically what we have to get. So, um, if you've got questions, DM me. Um, 
and if you you know if you want to if you want to you know ask anything about about how you can help the magazine i've got a million ideas about that and uh would love to to find opportunities to to help spread the word of it wherever possible so I hope that you can find it. Uh, I hope that you can get a copy of it in your hands. Because by the way, when you get something in the mail that actually shows up, like it's it's pretty cool. You you get the magazine. It doesn't have any like wrapping on it or anything like that. It just comes just like the old school Beckett did, just straight to you, like with your name on the back of it, front cover and back cover. You can just see both. It's not in a it's not in any sort of envelope or anything. You get this thing in your hands, you start flipping through it, it just, it feels good, guys. It feels like, it feels amazing to just have that thing come to you in your hands. So um, any, any support that you can give to us as we, as we uh, dare greatly in this process, I appreciate. Uh, if you've got any questions, like I said, hit me up again, and uh, I'll try to get back at this podcast better now that some of the busy things are winding down. Wish me well over these next few, few uh, days as, as our family changes a little bit. And uh, until next time, happy collecting.